Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. Water. Earth. Fire. Air. You're listening to the Television Archive, the show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Clark, and this is Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. My brother and I discovered the new Avatar, an airbender named Aang. And although his airbending skills are great, he has a lot to learn before he's ready to save anyone. But I believe... Aang can save the world. Today we will be discussing The Legend of Korra, Season 1, Episode 11, titled Skeletons in the Closet. This episode is incredible! Oh my god! It is amazing. Hey, remember when this show... Remember when we started talking about this show? And I said that, generally speaking, Legend of Korra is not nearly as consistent as Avatar The Last Airbender. But at its absolute best, it is every bit on that level. Episodes like this, I think, provide... The earliest proof of that being the case. The earliest proof of Legend of Korra's potential. What Legend of Korra can become when it's firing on all cylinders. Something that's every bit on the level of narrative brilliance of its predecessor. Like, not only is this episode just... Frickin' frickin' extraordinary on its own merits. But it also completely shifts how you view this season. Like, it takes everything that has happened over the previous ten episodes leading up to this and says, "Eh, that wasn't what you thought it was. You were not meant to view that the way you thought you were supposed to be viewing that. Turns out this season is actually about this as opposed to this thing you thought it was about. And it's brilliant. It is a brilliant narrative magic trick. The payoff of which is like, it's so freaking extraordinary. Let's pound through this first half of the episode really quick, because I think we all know the star of this episode is Amon's origin story, which is like the second half of the episode. So first half of the episode. Uh, we had that opening sequence where Hiroshi Sato is giving an address to all of Republic City, and it's like, Amon has declared bending illegal, he's taken over the city, he's got the Avatar on the run. Ah. And then Mako and Korra go down, reveal that they have, like, been disguised as chi-blockers. And all four of them, Korra, Mako, Bolin, Asami, just sit around with the hobo and eat dumpster food. Woo! Uh, Then the United Forces fleet arrives 
and you get this big epic action sequence where those equalist mines are revealed, the equalist planes are revealed. And it's awesome. Like, not only is that a really cool reveal, but the action sequence following it is uh, very clever, very inventive, and just freaking awesome. Uh, I love... I love on the ship they have these, like, firebender cannons where people just firebend into them and then they shoot fire pellets like a cannon. It's awesome. It's really, really cool. I love that. And then Korra goes in, uh, tries to save some people, mostly fails, but does manage to save General Iroh. Uh, then they go into this planning stage. Uh, they warn Commander Boomy for the second wave of reinforcements. Uh, they find where the airfield, like, must be, and Bolin, Asami, and Iroh are ready to take that out. Korra's like, no, I want to take out Amon now! My instincts are telling me now's the time! So Korra and Mako, technical difficulties? Sorry about that. Not ideal, but I'm back now. Uh, so Korra and Mako go to the air temple and take out Amon uh, there's some pretty well done goodbyes exchanged. And then they do this ra raid on the air temple. They discover that there's a rally being held at uh, the pro bending arena. And they like stealthily infiltrate and hide in the attic where Tarlock is being held prisoner. And at this moment we get... The reason to watch this episode, the reason this episode is on the level that I am helming it as, that I am hailing it as, we get Amon's origin story. We find out that not only is Amon Tarlock's frickin' brother... But he is also a waterbender and a bloodbender. So not only is the revolution just completely based on a lie. Completely based on the lie of Amon not being a bender. But also... Amon has somehow found a way to take away bending via blood bending. It's so out of left field. It's so insane. It's such a out there reveal. But when you really think about everything, when you really think about everything... In the context of this reveal, like, it totally 100% makes sense. It, it totally makes perfect sense. Like, bloodbending is really just taking over the body and manipulating it how you please. 
So wouldn't it make sense that with bloodbending, you could permanently block someone's chi? And that would take away their bending. Like, it totally makes perfect sense. So much of what has come before just falls into place. And it's an extraordinary reveal. And then we do get flashbacks into how Amon came to be. So apparently, Yakon managed to avoid prison and get a new appearance from his old gang. He got plastic surgery and got a new face. And then settled in the Northern Water Tribe. Where he met a girl. And then had two kids. Tarlock. And Noatok. Who would eventually become Amon. And they were all happy. Everything was great. Until... Waterbending emerged. Then Yakon insisted on training them and was incredibly abusive in his training practices. Staggeringly so. Like, he would just berate Tarlock in particular, but both of them, really. He would just berate them. He'd leave them out in the cold. And that seems quaint compared to the psychological torment he unleashed on both of them as soon as he revealed to both Noatok and Tarlock that he is Yakon, Republic City's most notorious criminal, and he used to be a bloodbender. And, oh, by the way, also... I want you children to go back to Republic City and avenge me. And so bloodbending training began. Bloodbending training was put into motion. And Noatok and Tarlock were forced to manipulate... Helpless animals, which Tarlock hated. Tarlock apparently just was not a fan of manipulating helpless animals and just hated every second of his bloodbending training. And who could blame him? I mean, really, like, you have your father encouraging you to unnaturally contort and manipulate living creatures while also making you carry the burden of you need to avenge me, you need to go back to Republic City and finish what I started. And this weighed especially on Noatok, who was a bloodbending prodigy. 
And this tension kept building and building and building and building among this family until... Yakone made Noatok and Tarlock bloodbend each other. Okay, if if that is not psychological abuse, if that is not emotional abuse, if that is not abuse of pretty much every single variety, I don't know what is. So Noatok bloodbends Tarlock, and then Tarlock refuses to bloodbend Noatok. And this is when Noatok just decides, yeah, no, screw this, and bloodbends Yakone. In this really satisfying moment, by the way. And then Noatok just runs away. And leaves Tarlock alone to deal with his father. And to pick up the pieces of whatever the hell that was. Then Yakon mellows out. He gives up on his dream of his children avenging him. Of his children taking Republic City where he could not. And then a few years later he dies. And then there's all of this implication. Of... How Noatok grew up from there. How he became a Mon. How he was shaped to a Mon. And I adore this line from Tarlock of The revolution may be based on a lie, but I think Amon truly believes bending is the source of all evil. And how could he not think that when you put it in that context, when you put it in the context of this origin story? So now this is no longer just, oh, this dude got his family killed by benders and now he's real mad at all benders. Like now you have this very nuanced backstory of bending was the catalyst For me being abused physically, emotionally, mentally by my father. Bending brought out the worst in my father. My childhood would have been great. My childhood would have been perfect. I would not have had the terrible life I've led without bending. And so because he's only been exposed to this negative experience around bending, because a negative bending experience is all he's ever known, now he has this visceral reaction to bending of, I hate it. I hate bending. It is the source of all evil. Nothing good has come of it for me. So I'm going to take it away. I'm going to completely wipe it off the map. And so, Amon is born. And through him, the Equalists are born. Based on a lie, yes. 
But the core beliefs are true. The core beliefs still hold firm. And not only does this provide so much depth to Amon, but it also provides infinite amounts of depth to Tarlock as well. Now you see Tarlock totally differently as a result of this, as rather than just some slimy snake dude, he's just a scared little kid who still, even as an adult, wants to make his father proud, wants to... wants to be what his father wanted him to be. And as such, completely lost himself in the process. He even acknowledges in this episode, yeah, this this was horrible of me. This was truly despicable of me. I thought I was better than my father, but I resorted to the exact same horrific practices. Like this story, it is a tragedy of the highest order. It is a tragedy of the highest order, and it is truly brilliant. It really, really is. And then, of course, you get the ending of like, hey, we can use this. We could go to the rally. We could expose him on. We could turn his own revolution against him. So ends the episode. So leads us into our finale, which we will talk about tomorrow. Holy crap, this episode. Holy crap, literally every single frame of this episode. Like, it's extraordinary. It really, really is. It's absolutely incredible. I kind of love everything about it. I kind of adore Everything about it. It's magnificent. It's absolutely freaking magnificent. It's a masterpiece. It's Legend of Korra's first masterpiece. And trust me, there will be more to come. Even though we are coming up on the worst season. Anyway, if you like this, <laughs> favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archive, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as we go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's as simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I will play those on the show from time to time. If you feel so inclined to send those in, follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show, patreon.com slash Thomas Clark, pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support this show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Tomorrow we will be discussing The Legend of Korra, Season 1, Episode 12, the season finale. Talk to you then.